Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Do, do, do. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com. Well, we get there. Unmatched selection. Fast, free shipping. Free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com. It's the way tire buying should be. Welcome in. Mm-mm. So, um, I think there's things in sports. Okay? There's things in sports which... We like to try and make relatable, but they're not really relatable. You know, and that's kind of like, I want to, if you ask me what Colin Cowherd's gift is, I would say that he uses, in his mind, real life analogies. And we'll do that some here as well, but he'll use real life analogies to equate to sports. But sometimes it's just hard because oftentimes it's, it's, it's not really relatable, right? I guess my question is, had you ever heard of Foster Moreau until last night? Now, look, if you're listening in Louisiana, you know he's a Jesuit guy. You know he went to LSU and played for the Fighting Tigers. You know, um, he played mostly special teams and was a blocking tight end. You know, and uh, his senior year, he was on the Mackey Award list and he caught 22 passes. He finished his career with 52 receptions. Um, 52 receptions. Was a fourth-round pick. You know, goes to the Raiders. But again, really more of a blocking tight end as opposed to Darren Waller, who became their pass-catching star 
And, of course, Darren Waller left for the Giants. And Moreau left for the New Orleans Saints. Last night, end of the game, if you watched on Amazon, um, he blew it. He blew it. He had what would have been a potential game-tying or game-winning touchdown reception. They were down seven uh, with, I don't know what it was, 20 seconds to go or so. Um, he was open in the back of the end zone, and the ball bounced off his hands, and he was inconsolable afterwards. Here's here's Marilla after the game. Yeah, you know, it's tough. It's, uh, you know, in front of every man, woman, and child I've ever I've ever known. You know, um, it's a it's a you know it's a it's a dark place to be. It's the National Football League. Um, it doesn't come down to one play, but it comes down to one play. Um, the team fought. The team fought as hard as, as we did, and um, it's just unacceptable. How difficult was it possibly? Because it didn't look like necessarily a routine play, but no, it's they passed to do a job. It's like it's it's routine. It was it was the right throw. It was the right read. I, I ran a little short on the route. I kind of I, I thought it, I, I thought something different, and I, that's a short week. That's a um, lack of focus, lack of concentration. So, if you wondered why the pass was a little bit off, there's your answer as to why. But it hit him in the hands. He bobbles it on fourth down, and they lose the game. And it's one of those things like. In Disney movies, it always felt like Moreau catches that ball. Hometown kid of Jesuit, goes to LSU, drafted by the Raiders, comes back with the Saints. Thursday night football, come back, catch the touchdown. Hell, put a statue up of him outside. But as we've come to learn, like, that's not how it works in real life. It's a little bit like, do you guys remember the TV show, uh, I think it's called, it was called What Would You Do? Do you guys ever remember that TV show? And it was like, I'll give you an example. There would be a baby stroller rolling backwards down a hill and somebody pretending to chase after it and would roll by people who were sitting like in an outdoor restaurant area eating. And they'd do it, you know, three or four times and some people would get up and stop the stroller and save it from sheer death. Some people would just like watch it. And the idea behind it is everyone thinks they're that person that will do the right thing. Everyone thinks they're the person that will stop the stroller or they're the person that would catch the ball in the end zone and have the celebration. You've even probably done the crowd noise thing when you were a kid playing with your brother or your sister on a football field. (sighs) And Foster Moreau catches the touch and the Saints win. Like, literally has probably done that. The problem with it is not everybody pulls it off. And what seems routine, especially now they got those gloves that are, you feel like they're so tacky, there's no way you drop it. You watch guys in pregame warmups and they catch it with one hand, they catch it with a pinky, they catch it no look, they do whatever they can. But there is something about pressure and competition in the moment And you start thinking about all that other stuff instead of thinking about just catching the football. You know, just catching the football. 
And you could say, well, that's why he's been a blocking tight end. Or like the famous football line is always, that's why he plays defense when a guy drops a, a surefire interception. But there's, just like I said, there's three types of people in this world with injuries. You know, when you see a nasty injury, one person doesn't want to see it at all. One person, I want to see it once just to catalog it. One person, I can't see it enough. We have the same thing here. You know, you're going to have people that you're like, eh, bad game, whatever. Never heard of them. Doesn't matter. You're going to have people that are like, are you kidding? How can you drop that ball? You su-. Then you have per- people that are empathetic. Man, I can't believe I'm being that guy. But the best part to that sound is if you, if you, if you take the Micah Parsons, you're only supposed to be positive sort of thing. The way that Moreau talked about it, was the way that it is talked about in real football, it's unacceptable. It's not okay. The crazy part about that opportunity is, I don't know if he ever gets another chance at a touchdown reception on fourth down, let alone to win a game. Right? It was, oh, it was, sorry, it was third. So, okay, that was third down, fourth down, but there's, they didn't come close. But to, to drop that ball, I'm going to go out of my way and say, like, will he have a chance at a game-winning catch of that magnitude in that kind of last 30-second sort of thing? Again, like, you want to think, hey, that's a mistake he'll never make again. And then you think, that's a mistake he'll never make again because he'll never get that opportunity. Byer, when you saw that, there's only really two feelings that were you mad or were you empathetic towards him dropping it? Well, <laughs> I I kind of wanted the game to go into overtime, so I was. It's I was, okay. Oh, Does it, your, yeah. your logic, whatever whatever makes you feel that way, makes you feel yes. that way, right? So what was your? Did you go like, go? Oh, what are you? How can you drop that? Or you like, man, I feel bad for that dude. No, I just said, well, that's the game because they're sure yeah. as heck not going to get a better opportunity on fourth down. And they didn't. Like that was that was their chance. And then as it kind of sinks in when you see the opportunity where they didn't have a chance on fourth down, the pass to Olave was was very well defended, but also just only gave them one opportunity. I didn't love that play call. That's where it seemed to have the air come out of it. And then you see how you know devastated he was on the sideline. Then you think the guy came back from lymphoma this offseason. Like you, Doug. Do you talk about the Hollywood ending? Like this is also a team. Like the Steve Gleason blocked punt. Yeah. And now you know his you know battle that is you know at the forefront. Like that is what we associate with the New Orleans Saints. Here is another Hollywood ending where you could have had, maybe they maybe then they kick the extra pointer. They go for two. Whatever the case is for everything that you laid out for him coming back from lymphoma. And being able to play in an NFL game and then do it on that stage. And I know it's Amazon, but still, the Hollywood ending is prime time in the NFL. Yeah, that all kind of then ended up falling into place afterwards. But immediately, to just answer your question, I was like, well, that's over with. Their game's done. Should have caught it. Even told my wife, look at where this hit him. Right in the hands. Right in the hands. Right. It's so funny. Like, I... I tweeted out, hit him in a bad spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? Hit him in the hands, dude. Kick a bit. Like, it was a, it's a Sarcasm. joke. Yeah. Sarcasm. And I thought everybody knew that line. Hit him right in a bad spot, there, right in the hands. There's also, like, this game, honestly, I felt, uh, you know, Jacksonville kept on letting the Saints in. 
And like time, you know, time in the first half, there was like an exchange. There was a Christian Kirk fumble, and then there was a muff punt. And like the Saints really weren't playing well enough to have been in this game. And then all of a sudden, they get in the game. And four minutes left, and Jacksonville scores. And now you actually then put together a drive where the Saints come back. Like there's, at at some point, I just felt like Jacksonville probably wasn't destined to win this game for how much they dominated it. And then for it to end like that was just, it was such a weird feeling because Jacksonville was the better team. I felt no last question. night. Yeah, no question, no question. There, there's some weird stuff in that game. But then the, did you see the? The block on Jacksonville's last touchdown. Did you see that? I forget the wide receiver. I'm not sure if it was Ridley. Who, but, and he got. He ended up getting three guys. He blocked one guy who then, like, it was almost like a, a, a bowling pin, and he knocked out two guys running back. It was amazing. <laughs> I was like, did he just block three guys? And then watch replay. Like, he blocked three guys. Blocked three guys. That's exactly what happened. So good. So good. That was fun. It was a fun night of sports with, with the baseball games. And then, of course, uh, with the football games, we had uh, baseball again tonight. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. I mean, how about that? Like, and it wasn't like the lymphoma was like 10 years ago. It was, wasn't it March? Yeah, it was Byron, this offseason. Yeah. yeah, and he was like, he had to take some time away from football. He's back with the Saints. I mean, literally, he's a New Orleans guy, right? And drops the ball in what would have been a game. I, I do wonder if they would have gone for two or gone to overtime. You know, some of these coaches play for overtime. Just go win the game. But whatever. Um, could have been a game-winning catch or a game-tying catch, whatever. I understand that the actual extra point or the go for two would have been the winning or whatever. That much on the line. And he was wide open. Regardless of the depth of the route, regardless of if it was a perfectly thrown ball, it hit him in the mm-hmm. hands, and he was open to win the game. And, you know, it's funny because there was foreshadowing on this show yesterday. It wasn't the topic, the Saints of the Red Zone. And they had problems last night. And so when you don't convert on the third down, you know that this team isn't good in these situations anyway. So, you know, there was like there was there was no chance, but it was a perfect foreshadowing from yesterday's show on how the Saints have struggled in this situation. And even when they get it right, uh, they don't uh, get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least. 
as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having the just the best day. Get ready for an even better weekend. It's October, folks. Still October, right? So we're creeping up on our country's best holiday, Halloween. It would be the best holiday. Best holiday is Halloween. Right? You give kids candy. And they go out and go crazy. Right? Who doesn't like Halloween? Plus, we got, we're creeping up in the World Series. And the series are kind of getting interesting. And we got huge college and pro football. We'll give you our picks upcoming. Broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com. We'll help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road ass protection, 20, um, uh, over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Great, great hour of the show. Chris Felica will join us 25 after the hour. He's the Bear Bets betting podcast, and we'll have the gambler. That means you get the genius of Ramos, the J. Stu team parlay, and, of course, Dan Byer has been pouring over his numbers, the one pick you need for this weekend. So lots of picks for the weekend. Plus, we'll talk about the big game of the weekend and the big story of the week in the Big Ten all upcoming. And we got the press, all the stuff you need to know. But let's get to my picks first. I want winners. Well, we got them. Five NFL, five college. Five on three. One, two, three. It's five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Let's go, five. All right, let's go to college. Five picks in college, five in the pros, right? Um, Let us begin. uh, Let us begin in the Big Ten. As Minnesota travels to Iowa, and we all like to make fun of Iowa and their scoring ineptitude, but it should be pointed out that Iowa is six and one on the season, six and one. And look, they don't score a ton of points in in Big Ten or against uh, against the Power Five conferences, right? In their win against Purdue, twenty; against Wisconsin, fifteen. These certain wins, Michigan State, even twenty six. Iowa State at a conference, Cyhawk Trophy, freshman quarterback, only 20. So when you see the total be as low as it is, which is 30 and a half, you're sitting there going, man. But they're better than Minnesota, and they're playing at home. And I think kind of it's a galvanizing thing for them, believe it or not. Give me Iowa. Lay the three and a half points. You'll feel good about it because they're going to win even if they win ugly. Watch this one on the score ticker. Don't watch it on TV. It's not as good, but who cares? They win the game. Give me Iowa to win and to cover the three and a hook. Um, Washington State is taking on Oregon. I've seen several places with that number, like BetMGM has it at uh, 20 and a half. 20 and a half. Now, this is a Wazoo team that has fallen on some hard times of late, right? They got beat by Arizona at home, 44-6. to Got beat by UCLA, 25-17. Um, 
And their only quality road game win of the year, I guess, is Colorado State. They did beat Oregon State at home, did beat Wisconsin at home. Not as good on the road. But can they keep it under three touchdowns? I think the answer is yes. Got to not turn the football over. Uh, this is more on Washington State keeping it within two touchdowns or even two touchdowns and a field goal. I think the number's too big. Give me Wazoo. Even though Oregon off a loss as well. That Washington game takes a lot out of you. I'll take Wazoo to cover the 20-and-a-half point spread. Texas takes on Houston. We ain't seen Texas in a minute. And they gave away a game to Oklahoma. Taking on a Houston team that, let's just be honest, should have lost to West Virginia at home, if not for a miracle Hail Mary touchdown. Uh, Texas is way better than Houston. And while leaving the league, it doesn't really matter. This is not necessarily the recruiting play, but they don't view Houston as anywhere near their level. And I think they will run it up because they're trying to still play to get in the playoff. And that opportunity will present itself if you run the table in the league and beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. Give me the horns. Minus 22 and a half. I'm seeing 22 and a half. Give me the horns to win and to cover. Um, I like this game a lot. Texas Tech is traveling to BYU and take on the Cougs. Uh, Cougs this season, they did lose to TCU, who's not great. They have lost to Kansas, but they do not. They do not lose at home. They've only played two home game, uh, three home games so far this season. Sam Houston, Southern Utah, Cincinnati. Um I believe I would really, really like. I, I, I think they're going to beat Texas Tech straight up. They're four-and-a-half-point dogs. It's a Texas Tech squad that just lost at home to Kansas State, 38-21. They got a backup quarterback. They're scuttling a little bit. BYU Plus has the altitude in their favor. I'm going to take the Cougs. Plus, I'm getting three-and-a-half. Can lose by a field goal, still win the game. Give me the Cougs. I like them to win. I like them straight up. But in the case of this, we'll just take them to cover, be safe. And then last college pick, Michigan State is taking on Michigan. Michigan's been accused of spying. Michigan State said, we might not play this game. You might not play this game because you stink. And I'm in this Michigan State. Michigan's one of those deals where like, oh, you think we had to cheat to beat you? I think they rubbed their nose in it with, um, with the folks in East Lansing. I know it's on the road. I know we want to think Michigan State can beat them. They had a big lead against Rutgers. Couldn't hold on. Rutgers is in Michigan. Michigan wins. Michigan covers. Give me the Wolverines to use this, uh, I don't know, controversy as fuel to their fire. I like the Wolverines to run it up on the road. There's your five college. Wazoo, Texas, BYU, Michigan, Iowa, Iowa. Let's get to the pro picks, shall we? In the National Football League. The Detroit Lions travel to Baltimore, take on the Ravens. I'm seeing it at three. I just haven't been a big buyer into the Ravens, even though they find ways to win games. If it moves to three and a hook, you got to get all over Detroit. But I think Detroit wins this one straight up. Give me the Lions on the road. Chargers go to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. I know, I know, I know. You're the Charger fan. You think they're going to turn it around. I do know they'll play this game close. And five and a half, is not close. And Kansas City is not nearly as dominant as they have been, even if they've dominated this division. You know, if you really want to make some money, throw some on the Chargers straight up. Probably should have won the game last year in Kansas City. I think they'll be competitive this year. Give me the Chargers plus five and a half on the road against the Chiefs. Green Bay also on the road. They're taking on the Denver Broncos. And I know Jordan Love hasn't played as well lately as he did early in the year. The Broncos haven't played well all year. 
They're just not any good. Defense is a mess. They're thinking about trading off pieces. Offense doesn't seem to work. I don't know if it's Russell Wilson, if he's, his, his skills have just eroded. Uh, but the Packers didn't have Aaron Jones last game. They'll have Aaron Jones back. A little bit more health. Packers are better. Packers win on the road and cover the one-point line. Uh, Indy, you know, now that we know Richardson isn't playing, it's a Gardner Minshew team. And we know they struggle with the Jaguars. The Browns coming off their biggest win of the season. But they still got offensive and quarterback issues. Indy playing at home. They got Jonathan Taylor back. I like the Colts. They're a three-and-a-half-point dog. Give me the Colts to cover that number. Wouldn't be surprised the Colts win the game straight up. And the last game, uh, Philadelphia's taking on Miami. And uh, that game now is a two and a half. You can get it at three some places uh, for the Eagles. But I, I do like the Eagles. But the, the big number I like is the total on this one, right, is the total. Um, uh, I personally think that you know, when you look at these two teams, Eagles and Dolphins, and because the Dolphins ran out to such a huge offensive, huge offensive numbers in their first two weeks, right? Denver Chargers couldn't stop them at all. I mean, it was embarrassing that it's kind of skewed how we look at them. Whereas you saw what the Bills did when they had time to repair. You got a little extra time to repair. The uh, over-under, the total is 50 and a half. I like the under in this game. That's actually my pick. It's going to be the under. I'll take the Eagles to the under. Those are the picks. Five on three. One, two, three. There it is. Five NFL. Let's go, five. Five college. Five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So 
Listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Tyrac.com studios. Football fans, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio every Saturday and Sunday morning, three hours before kickoff for Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. They'll walk you right up to kickoff both Saturdays and Sundays and hit all the key storylines with all their best bets. You can listen to Countdown to Kickoff weekend mornings beginning at 9 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on Sundays, right here on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app, again, presented by BetMGM. Um, listen, we, we got Mark Dominic who will join us upcoming. I The... It's not any question the biggest game of the weekend is Dolphins-Eagles. It's not because it's a potential Super Bowl preview, I guess. Um, you have this incredible offense of the Dolphins going against defense, uh, one that you'd think, at least on that defensive front, can get after Tua, make him move, and he's not as good when he moves. And maybe make him throw outside the numbers, deep outside the numbers, not his strength. But then, of course, you have the backstory between Jalen Hurts, Tua, Tungavailoa, where, you know, Tua beat him out in the national championship game, right? Jalen Hurts had been the starter. It was SEC freshman of the year. Tua comes in, sits, waits, as in the in the the championship game, right? He comes in and um, and kind of changes history. And then, of course, Jalen Hurts stays. You know, Jalen Hurts stays at Alabama for the next season, and there's all sorts of talk of a quarterback controversy, and uh, Hurts handled it at least outwardly as well as anybody could possibly handle such a thing. Anybody could handle such a thing. Um, Remember, like Jalen Hurts, who wasn't seen as a great thrower, but had a historic freshman year. He threw for 2,780 yards, 23 touchdowns. He ran for nearly 1,000 yards. Right. Had a great Iron Bowl, and uh, he was, he, you know, he was. They were undefeated in that regular season, and they lost. Um, they lost to what Clemson the national championship game. Right. And then you fast forward all the way to the 2018 SEC championship game. Like they're in the SEC championship game. Guy's been a starting quarterback for three years, and. Um, uh, then he comes back and he relieves to a tongue of Iloa. I it was cra- it's just crazy the things that had that had happened had changed right. Like in the national championship game, he gets benched. In the SEC championship game, Tua gets hurt. Tua, Tua got hurt and he replaces him. Then he goes to Oklahoma and has an outstanding year. Becomes a second round draft pick and now. He was the guy who got the big contract extension as opposed to Tua who didn't get his fifth year picked up. Like the, you know, is it a Venn diagram? That's what has the circles that intersect, right? Their personal storylines are so different and so interesting and, of course, so intertwined. I do think Jalen Hurts, you go back to that, I think it was the 2018 National Championship game, right? Remember, like, he gets replaced, he gets pulled at halftime and replaced and replaced by Tua. Tua comes in, saves the day, wins the game. And um, he, the way in which he handled it was, was I better do than I was, you know? I, I don't know if I'd be a powder, 
but just having joy for a teammate to succeed and your team to succeed and being able to verbalize that and make you at least think, I don't know if he's telling the truth, but I'm buying it. Byer, you've been watching college football for your entire life. You're like me. Like, we grew up on college sports. Can you recall anything like that? No. Um, not with, you know, there there have been, gosh, you know, I, I remember when, uh, was it uh, Florida State um, played Tennessee for, like, the national championship, and they had to sure. use a backup quarterback, um, you know, in that title game. Like, there's, to have, like, two levels of, of guys like that on a team, crazy. And then to have the success of their careers be intertwined and meet at these certain, uh, you know, certain crossroads, if you will. Yeah, never. And, and then, but also, I think, I mean, it, it doesn't, it shouldn't go unnoticed the way that Jalen handled it, right? I mean, the guy is unbelievable whether it's real or whether it's whether he knows how to work the media i don't care i've never seen anybody at i mean nfl quarterbacks aren't that graceful there's never been a dude that gets pulled in the nfl guys that get pulled in high school don't act that way i mean i think that's a big part of the story doug gottlieb show fox sports radio let's welcome in mark dominic he joins us he spent 20 years in front offices and scouting in the national football league uh Mark, what was your what was your eval? Let, let's start with with Jalen Hurts. What did you think of Jalen Hurts as a prospect coming out of Oklahoma? Well, I did. You know, I thought there was a reach there. I'll be honest. I mean, a lot of people said, you know, uh, you know, is he going to be able to be a you know an accurate quarterback? Or you know, people saw the leadership. People knew he was a great kid that way, and how he's handled the adversity. Everybody was very impressed with that. I think it was more of how accurate is he going to be at the next level with the football. And I think that's where he dropped to the bottom of the second round, how he rose and had confidence in him. But I think it was easily one of those things where I think a lot of people were just not sure if he was going to be able to be an accurate quarterback if he's proven everybody wrong. Uh, what about Tua Tungavailoa? I think the only thing on Tua is there's certain coaches who don't like left-handed quarterbacks, and that automatically eliminates you. And it's, it's bizarre, right? You're like, well, Steve Young was really good. you know. But there's coaches that are like, I don't want to have to do everything left-handed. And therefore, the odds of me being right with a left-handed quarterback, I'd rather go to a different quarterback. Tua, um, I think he's a guy that clearly the, the you know, Miami Dolphins did believe in, and he continues to pay everybody off. But they have done a really crisp career, the general manager. Uh, has done a really good job of surrounding Tua with a lot of talent. And, I mean, it's hard not to look at it, right, when you look at their roster and, you know, they've really tried to shuffle this offensive line around to figure it out. But Tua, his worst enemy has been his health, and he's shown to be very healthy this year. He did a lot of training, as I'm sure you've talked about and a lot of people have talked about, to stay on the football field. If he can do that, you know, this Dolphins team's going to fight the Buffalo Bills all the way for the NFC or AFC uh, East crown. Uh, okay, what do you think about the matchup Sunday night? I mean, I, I feel like... Uh, well, I don't, in my opinion, it doesn't matter. Yours does. What do you think about the matchup? Well, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I think that the Dolphins have so much speed, and as long as they can keep their speed demons healthy, it's hard for the Eagles to handle it. Uh, regardless of how good the Eagles are, I just feel like the Dolphins have done such a good job consistently in terms of taking advantage of what they have on that roster, how to, how to put it to work, and then how to uh, attack other teams uh, it's going to be an uphill battle, I think, for the Eagles. I mean, you look at the Dolphins. I know they had the anomaly game, I guess, against Denver where they scored 70. But, I mean, even you take that game out of it, they're still averaging over 30 points every game. And, you know, 
I think that to because they can run the ball consistently, they can throw the ball consistently, they've got a good blend. You look at them, they're almost 55-45, and so that's really nice to be able to have a team that can throw the ball you know, the way they do but also run the ball. So I, I like the Dolphins in this one, actually, because I think, again, the speed is real for the Dolphins, and the defense is playing pretty good. This Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of uh, of Mark Dominic, of course, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 20, 25 years in the National Football League, front offices, scouting, you you name it. Um, last night could have been a Disney ending, right? I mean, you have a you have the kid. He he had lymphoma. He's from New Orleans. He played at LSU. He comes back third down. Ball hits him in the hands. You know, it's one of those where I'm watching it and thinking, well, that's a mistake he'll never make again. And then I look at his career and I'm like, he'll probably never get that opportunity again. What's it like when you're the player, you put him in that position? Obviously, he's more of a blocking guy than a catching guy. Will he get another opportunity like that? Or do you simply go like, nah, he ain't it. We move on. Well, you know, I thought about that. And then the next play, Foster's still on the football field on the next play to try to score you know, a touchdown or at least be part of the final play. So the coaches didn't pull him off and say, hey, look, you're off. And, and you know, you're going to – internally, Foster's going to beat himself up for a long time. I was at Saints camp before the season started, and there was a lot of excitement about Foster and what's he bringing to this team. And, you know, sometimes guys just get their hands placed in the wrong way. I felt like he didn't get his hands out there quick enough and he had them in the wrong direction and he didn't make the play. I also didn't love the final call. Uh, you know, you, you got one shot and you're throwing a very, very low percentage ball uh, to the sideline that is a hard ball to you know complete. And so I didn't love their final decision also with the, the play they called. So I loved the third call and the player didn't come up with it. And then the fourth down call, I think the coaches messed up and said, hey, let's do a, a, a 15% throw instead of trying to find something across the middle or what Kamara had done the entire game in terms of catching the ball. I just feel like they messed up on that call. Yeah. Yeah, and you end up losing a game that you could have stolen because I, I think Jacksonville ends up uh, at Jacksonville is the better team. Speaking of Jacksonville, I don't know if you've looked at their schedule. With that division being where it is, I mean, this, this is a team that they're on a run right now, could end up as the one seed with the AFC with so much else in question. What do you think of how Jacksonville's playing? Yeah, I've been very impressed. I mean, obviously, I think, you know, good wins in the last couple of weeks. I mean, you beat the Buffalo Bills, you beat the Colts, you know, you take care of the, the New Orleans Saints, and, you know, two of those teams were front runners when they played them. Uh, Buffalo and New Orleans were kind of leading their division. I know the Saints were kind of t- tied up a little bit based off of the Tampa that hadn't played an extra game. But, you know, they've sw- they swept the Colts already, which is a big thing. Uh, you know, they lost the Chiefs, which I think will come back and haunt them on being in one seat. But I think there are games down the stretch here when they play basically uh, December football. They've got the Bengals, they've got the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens. We'll see what Tampa Bay is. But those four games, I think, are going to be kind of an eye-opener for them, a little bit more to say, can they handle it? But I think the schedule, to your point, you've got the Panthers. You've got you know, a Steelers team that's okay. You've got a 49ers team has got to stay healthy. But you've got the Titans, you've still got twice, who haven't played well. And so I think there's easy that like, you can get to 11 wins here, maybe 12, and you can get maybe the three seed, maybe the two seed, which would be you know, a nice thing to have in Jacksonville for sure. I'm I'm looking at some of these other games, and I'm wondering when you saw the Niners struggle. Granted, you lose to Christian McCaffrey; it's going to change you. Uh, but when you saw, him, did it change your eval of Brock Purdy? No, I mean everybody's allowed to have a bad game. It was a shock that Brock Purdy played that way. But we talked about it last week, Doug. Right? We talked about the health of the 49ers, and they had been so healthy up to that point. 
And because they're a healthy team, when they're healthy, they're deadly. But now they start to creep up some injuries, and sure enough, you have some injuries, and suddenly well, you've got a chance where, okay, now you're not going to have the production or you're going to have some struggles in terms of winning the game. And that's where they are. And so now they can't have these injuries mount up. And if they do, I think it's going to really hurt this 49ers team, not to knock them out of the postseason or anything crazy like that, but certainly from maybe being the one seed that they looked like they were just a week ago. Penalties have killed the Chargers' defense, right? They they did such a good job against the Cowboys, and yet really what, you know, a broken play and a couple penalties is what triggered their last touchdown drive. How much of that is coaching? How much is that is on the players? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, it's, it, it definitely has to do with the players in terms of, like, uh, you know, what they are, what they can do. Uh, you know, I still feel like of all the teams, I expect the Chargers to kind of come back around and find a way to the postseason, uh, you know, be the two seed probably in the West. But I, I just I still believe too much in that football team, the quarterback. And I think all in all that they're going to come together and that, that team's going to kind of make a midseason run where they're going to they're going to stroll four or five wins together and suddenly they're going to be back to the team I think they were. Just kind of like the Bengals at the start of the season. Didn't look normal, but they're starting to kind of work themselves into the back. Like, okay, this is the Bengals that we expected during the season. So that's the one team I'd sit there and say, you know, it's not an easy schedule. It's not an easy climb for them. But I think the Chargers still are a team that I would not rule out. And I think that are going to be a postseason team when it's all said and done. Yeah. Do you, what, what do you think is wrong with Justin Herbert? I don't know if anything's wrong with Justin Herbert in, in terms of, you know, I still think he's a great player. He's got his contract, everything's set. I, I think what's, what's here is it's a Chargers team that I think has tried to figure out, um, you know, the little parts of the game where Justin, I think, is maybe missing a couple throws, but he's still, the completion percentage is there. I just feel like they're still trying to find the Keenan Allen makes his plays, isn't going to beat you with deep speed, but is going to beat you with his routes. You know, Williams obviously down, but it's not, when you look at the receiver core, and we talked about the Dolphins, there isn't a vertical presence that's like, wow, look at Palmer. Like, I like Palmer. He's a good player for them. But, you know, the tight end room, Gerald Everett, he's not going to beat you down the seam. So that's what I think they're missing, that one element to say, hey, look, I can go vertical on you at any moment, and now you're in trouble and you better back up. And I think that that's what they've been able to do. So they've been able to be at the line of scrimmage a little bit more, and that's helped them kind of hold the game tight, I think, better than before. The other thing I'd sit there and say is, you know, they've done a – they're not taking the ball away as much as I thought they might uh, or having those big negative impact plays. I know they're getting sacks on the quarterback, but they're not really getting those big impact plays, I thought, in terms of takeaways. And if that comes around, I think that'll help this team as well. Um, there's a lot of discussion about Jared Goff. And, you know, look, I carry some of the bias that talk to the Rams people, and their frustration was he just would not take the explosive plays that they dialed up for him. Now, in Detroit, you know, they kind of celebrate the fact he doesn't turn it over, but he can be very conservative. Where are you on your eval on Jared Goff? He's doing it two years in a row, and he's making good decisions. I know, you know, so far he's got the three turnovers. He's got no lost fumbles, so he's been able to hold on to the football well in the pocket. But, you know, in terms of throwing the ball down the field, you know, his average per attempt is over eight yards or eight yards right now, which is good. And no one's complaining about that, but it's also his sack totals are only 10. So he's doing a good job of getting the ball out and making good decisions with the football. Now, part of that's Amon St. Brown, right? I mean, that's what his career is, is going to be spurt the ball over. And Sam Laporta has come in as a rookie and been the best tight end in this rookie class so far and, and maybe the best tight end all the way through. They've done a great job of finding a way to get Montgomery the ball, but also including Gibbs to some extent. And now 
with Jamison Williams back, I'm even more excited about what this team's going to be with Josh Reynolds and what he's done. So I think it's just they have different ways, like we talked about before, but they have different ways now with Jamison Williams into the lineup like he did last week with that 45-yard touchdown. They've got lots of different ways they can beat you, but Jared is not letting them get beat. And I think that's the thing that Jared Goff's doing such a good job of. He's not putting them in a hole. He's putting them in a position where the defense can make a play or a guy can make a play and suddenly they're up, you know, 20 to you know, 21 to 14, and, and they've been able to handle that. It's a, it's been impressive. Besides that, I mean, think about where they were just a year ago to where they are now. It's really got to be exciting for Detroit fans for sure. Mm, there's no question about it. Real quick to the Chiefs, and we talked some Chargers. They take on the Chiefs. Uh, they add McCole Hartman back. They bring him back from the Jets. Uh, they obviously are still looking for something, maybe some of that speed that Hartman provides in, in, uh, in their wide receiving core. Do they have enough? Like, I know they're 5-1, and one, but there's been some Mahomes magic to end up pulling some of these things out of a hat. Do they have enough based upon what's on their roster right now? I, You know, I, I'd like to say yes, but I, I, my gut instinct is, you know, I think the Chiefs have enough, obviously, to get to the postseason. And can they make a run in the postseason? Of course they can. But I said it in the preseason. I said it when, they, when the, DeAndre Hopkins was available that's where the Chiefs made a mistake. They need somebody else besides Kelsey that they know they can go to. And then you can use your pieces of whether it's Hardman now, but whether it's Tony or it's, you know, maybe it's Rice continues to grow in that offense. But they don't have that, that who's the guy that's going to make a play for you at that moment at the wide receiver? Yeah, they have it in Kelsey, but they don't have it at wide receiver. And to me, that's going to be the Achilles heel of the Chiefs at some point in the postseason. Awesome stuff. Mark, let's talk next week. Appreciate your insight. Thanks for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for having me on. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.